1: Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps, I am uber excited. I have a great guest who's back again. His name is Mr. Mark S.A. Smith. So, Mark, how the heck have you been since the last time we talked? I am awesome. And
0: Brian, why are you always uber
1: excited? Why are you never Lyft excited? That's simple because I don't have the Lyft app
0: on my phone. I only have oh! Uber. <laughs> Ooh, now that's interesting because what that means is you can never have a Lyft experience without the Lyft app. Correct. Exactly. Well, so there's a barrier to doing business with you. If you don't have the app, you can't do business with them. Exactly. It's uh-huh. the same thing with Uber, right? So,
1: that's right. And I, I think this really plays well into our topic today. And today we're going to be talking about. The word free, which is a four-letter F word, right, that begins with, (laughs) you know, that begins with F. It's a four-letter F word that begins with F. That's a little (laughs) redundant, but that's okay, because this is really true i think more in business to business than it is to business to consumer because in free you know as you get free estimates you get free this you get you know free uh, free french fry with the you know get their app get the mcdonald's app and get free french fry, something like that right but i think yep. in b2b i think free has a different connotation would you agree with that yep i absolutely
0: agree with that business to consumer consumers are always looking for a deal and uh I don't think we've talked about my buying matrix uh, customer buying matrix uh that explains that half of what you sell people are looking for a deal the other half of what you of of what you sell people are looking for value not a Mm -hmm. deal yes and value-based buying free is not a is not an interest but Mm -hmm. uh um, volume-based or cost-based buying uh free is of interest Mm -hmm. and it's the difference is actually between you know really how people look at it. Is it a, is it a tactical purchase or is it a, a strategic purchase? Mm-hmm. Strategic purposes, people don't want to cut corners. Tactical purchases, sure, I'll cut a corner if you can give it to me for free. I'm up for that. Sure, and I think that you know in in B2B
1: business, which makes sense. I mean, if you're buying a commodity, right? For example, um, you know B2B, if you're selling toilet paper, if you're selling consumables, you're selling something. Um, free probably has a little bit more of a, uh, a little more of a lift. Let's say instead of Uber exciting people, uh, but what it does <laughs> is <laughs> very good, friend. <laughs> Thank you. What it does is free is it it appeals to our consumer side, right? But I think that in, in free, in a lot of other instances, when we're dealing in relational things where there's a lot more back and forth and it's not consumeristic like a, a commodity, I think that free ends up putting a negative connotation in people's minds. Would you agree with that?
0: It's negative in the sense that it reduces the perceived value of what you're offering. Mm-hmm. And in B2B, they're buying uh, they're, they're buying values Mm -hmm. unless it is a commodity in which they're buying value if you can't tell the difference between your product and your competitor's product which is true and for example the laptop world if i if i slap a sticker over your um over the logo of your laptop nobody can tell whose is it who made it right all boots windows 11. so that's just you know you know does it come with a five hour battery life or a seven hour battery life or a 10 hour battery life or whatever you know it, it ends up being Ends up being a, 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 a commodity in basic usage. Mm-hmm. So, in those particular cases, they're looking for value because they really can't tell the difference between the products. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, that's a commodity. And oh, oh, and I can always get a replacement if if it doesn't work out. I can get I can get from somebody else today, and no big deal. Right. But when we talk about values, you know, where we're buying something to perform a mission you got to be a little more careful about that
1: yeah and i in values i think you know again the whole concept of this came up from um somebody who said you know i've got a secret and guess what you can get it for free
0: (laughs) right (laughs) yeah don't drink the water
1: right exactly And, and when i'm looking at that i'm going wait a minute you so if it's truly free it should be just sitting in front of me, right? You should have just given it to me as opposed to making me jump through a hoop to get it. So, I think what people don't really think about when they think about the word free is the effort, the energy, and the things that you have to go through. For example, you know, uh, one of the things that a lot of companies do is they'll give you free earbuds, right? If you buy this phone, get free earbuds. But what you've got to do is take the receipt, go on their website, fill this out, send it in, and then wait for them to mail you a check. And of course, you know, nobody remembers any of the steps that they took five months ago when you don't get the check and half the people never get it. Right. So remember the days when we used to get rebates on everything?
0: Yes. And how those have disappeared. Yes. And and the reason why is people, no, nobody redeemed the rebates. Sure. Right. There was, it was all leakage based concept and so rebates don't work anymore because i don't want to be bothered yeah and then and then because most of the time you never
1: got them anyways <laughs> it's like they never showed up you did something wrong or you filled out you forgot to check a box or something who knows yeah
0: i the, i have not filed for a rebate in probably five years
1: Bye. I've done a few, um, but you know, not much came of it. So, with that being said, though, you know, free isn't free because you still are either investing time, you're investing sometimes your job, you're investing money. I mean, right on. You know, there's always an investment of something, even if it's free, right?
0: Free still costs you. Yes, very much so. Yes, and in business to business, we don't respond to free because we know it's a sales pitch right and unless we have a clear need there's zero interest I, mean, I i see i see this a lot with enterprise software everybody's expecting for the demo to be free so why would you call that a free demo <laughs> <laughs> right
1: but and you know there's a model out there where you, and, and this is the way that at least I know the software industry has used it. Like, for example, if you go to a an email program, every email program does the same thing. You get the first hundred contacts for free. Oh yes. You go through all the energy of downloading your names, you plug it in and you have a hundred contacts. If you have 101 contacts, then it stops at a hundred, right? Yeah. So the minute you get one extra contact, you have to start paying for it. But what they're betting on is the fact that you've invested time in entering all of that data. And you've now got a vested interest in their platform versus the competitors. So the bottom line is whoever can attract the first free trial has a better chance of having somebody actually stick with it. So that's one of the things about it is I think people are getting more and more aware of the fact that, hey, this free trial is going to be, you know, it's kind of going to lock me in, and it's going to be a pain in the butt to pull those names back down and pull all the, you know, templates that I've done and any emails that I've done and try to move it somewhere else. So, you know, they're kind of banking on the fact that that free is going to turn into too much problem to change. Would you agree?
0: I agree with that. And the way we can turn this around and make it work is instead of calling it a free trial, mm-hmm. what we should do is call it uh, free success. Mm. And I actually, I don't want you to call it free is that we're going to invest in your success. I like it. I was talking to a, a life coach a couple of days ago and she offers a free hour, but she calls herself a premium coach. Do you see the disconnect? hmm Yes. And I said, stop calling your hour free. Call it, I, I will invest an hour in our relationship. Exactly. And then a the button changes from, you know, free hour to let's talk. Actually, I think even
1: taking that a step further, if if it's not too long, is I want to invest in you. Yes. Right on I, I think that's a better way of doing it because I always the trigger of investing in you means that I want to invest in our time together to see if we're a good fit. And this kind of builds upon what I talked about with the three B's, which is. Having their three B's when I look at a customer and wanting to work with a customer, the three B's include number one is bandwidth. Do they have the bandwidth? Are they willing to invest themselves, right? Their business, their life into this. Number two, they have the budget. The budget isn't only about money. It's about time, mind space, all of those kind of things. It could be resources. It could be people. It could be, you know, is there a budget to do it? And the last one is belief. Do they believe it can work? Right? Yes. If you can have you can have bandwidth, you can have budget, but if you don't believe it's gonna work, it's doomed to fail anyways because what they're looking for is an excuse for it to fail so they're gonna let you go. you know, basically right. you're putting a band-aid on a bullet wound. Hey, the bullet, I still died because I bled out, yeah, because you put a band-aid on a bullet wound, right? They have to believe that the band-Aid is gonna stop the bleeding period um, you know so that's that's where I think that this is super important when you're talking about free, you have to make the other person feel like there's a vested interest in them and vice right. versa. And they have to. Exp- and when you do that free hour, it's really about talking to the person to find out, would they have a vested interest in you? Yes. Right? That's exactly
0: it. Where's the common ground that we can create mutual value for each other? Me mm-hmm. for my fee and you for well more than you pay for my fee.
1: Exactly. That's the key, I think, to, you know, in B2B business... Basically, we were all in the problem-solving business, right? Somebody's got a problem. We come in the solution to solve that problem, whether it's a product, whether it's a service, whether it's an idea, you know, it could be any or all of the above. Sometimes solving a problem doesn't necessarily have to have a fee associated with it, right? Uh, I'll give you a pure example of this is I was introduced to somebody who is a, um, you know, it could be a potential client. But the first thing I did is look at that person and say, you know what, they could be a good potential client, but more importantly, there's somebody in my network that I think you need to talk to, because based on what you've told me, I think they may be a good fit for where you want to go to explore the problem that you're having first, right? Yeah. And so I made that connection and, and let those two guys talk first rather than go in and say, well, let me tell you about my product and my service and how I can help you find better connections. No, what I did is try to provide value up front because if that person is successful in that, they will probably need the service that I provide more. So, yeah. you know, that's essentially what that, you know, the free time that I was giving them was more to learn about who they were and where in my sphere of influence can i help them so that to me is is what b2b is all about is building relationships right that's
0: right and in that particular case it's not a matter of free it's actually relationship reciprocity exactly because there is no free they actually are in debt to you because of relationship reciprocity Mm -hmm. yeah and so well there's another aspect of using free the problem with free is it doesn't invoke right relationship reciprocity 100 percent. so why would I devalue something that is valuable, where because they say it's free, I don't owe you anything, versus I'm going to invest in our relationship, in which case they would say, okay, and they engage in relationship reciprocity?
1: A hundred percent. And so one of the things I think that we all have to do is kind of do an audit of our world, right? We have to go through our world and look, is there any place where we have buttons that say free and say, you know, invest in this, or I want to invest in you? Yes. I think it's a good idea at this point, especially in this purpose-driven economy that you talk about, that we need to make it clear that we're not in the you know, I want to sell you something business. I'm in the, I want to invest in you yes. business. I want to, and whether it ends up being a purchase or not, I'm willing to invest some time in you with the hopes that you'll invest some time and or money or resources. In yeah. You.
0: Well, and the reality is I don't know, I can't acquire a customer unless I invest in a customer acquisition. Mm-hmm. That, that investment is just part of my business investment and you know maybe you will maybe you won't it doesn't matter because until i have a conversation with you i don't know right and if you won't that's okay right and one of the
1: things that's very very frustrating um and, and i can uh, kind of explain this in, in a current situation like we're selling our house right yes and on one end there is us the family that wants to sell the house on the other end there is the family that wants to buy the house right yes They both are looking at this as a financial transaction but what it really is is an emotional transaction for both of us. Yes. I want to be able to relate to those people. I want them to be able to relate to us. But standing in the middle are two real estate agents that are sitting here looking at the financial side of the transaction and on you know layered on top of that is a set of lawyers who are looking at the legal transaction, right? And then bankers looking at the financial transaction. Exactly. So what's happened is the gatekeepers have gotten away from the relational side and basically dehumanized both of us. Now we you know our house that we have you know loved for 22 years and invested in and and you know have, have just absolutely done everything that we can has become a commodity in between that other family and that other family is looking at it from a lifestyle standpoint of we are close to you know the things that we want close to culture, close to the train, close to our family. you know so what's happened is is this this emotional transaction has been diluted by the stuff in between. Yep so in business i mean how do we translate that kind of thing do you see that in business where you know the process tends to get in the way of the relationship
0: yeah the process can always interfere with the relationship unless the process is designed to incorporate the relationship and that's that's not always possible but it can be wrapped in relationship so you know you love the product. Uh, I'd love for you to have it in your life. And the only thing that we need to is to wrap that love around the financial transaction. So done right, the move the move from high uh, emotional involvement to high financial involvement should be fairly simple. It's similar to a marriage, right? You, right. you love this person. You want to, they're your, your best friend and you get to do things with them that you've never done with anybody else. And you say, you know, I'd really like to, invest the rest of my life with you. In which case you enter into a contract which is very expensive to get out of. Exactly. And so it's that that um, that transaction is wrapped in love and blessed by a priest or minister in justice of the peace rabbi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, all of the above. Maybe all of them. They might all be there at the same yeah, time. Yeah, the,
0: the, the more the more holy water you can throw at it, the longer it'll last.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> well, in, in, in some places, holy water is known as vodka, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> the bottom line is, once we start to align that purpose, right, you know, the free sounds really attractive from the consumer side, you know, because you're, you're giving something for nothing, right? So if we, I, I often find that People in business, especially B two B business, tend to fall back to their consumer mentality when they're not understanding the fact that that free is sounding different in a business to business. And the world. reason
0: why is most entrepreneurs started off in some consumer business, uh, and mm-hmm. they're they're attempting to take. What they learned in that consumer and business and put it into a completely different context where the world is different and we have different rules. So I don't want to beat them up too hard. Right. But the reality is that selling to consumers and selling to businesses are completely different animals. Right. And the reason why is because if you're selling to a consumer, the only other person that they're going to get into trouble with is their spouse. When you're selling to a business, if they screw up, it's a career impact. Right could be a
1: career ender or a whole bunch of other things. And I think the point that you bring up is incredibly important because when somebody says free, and I see this on, you know, Facebook and, and, you know, websites and all this other stuff, download our free report, right? You know, uh free one hour consulting session, you know, uh, those kind of things. I think what what they're really trying to do is to attract the people with the consumer mentality. Right. Yep. And, you know you will attract a lot of people with a consumer mentality and especially when you offer them something free you know a lot of people will take advantage of that because they're not in a position to spend any
0: money right anyways. that's a, well and i, I think an, an important aspect to this which even moves us up another level of of sophistication is that consumer mentality is primarily tactical Consumers only make a few st- strategic choices in their world, which is who do you who do you marry, mm-hmm. uh, what career do I embark on, uh, what house do I buy. Those are all strategic choices. Right. Even cars are tactical choices because they have a short lifespan. Versus in business, oh, uh, it's the flipped. You know, consumers might be 90-10. And in business, is, it's going to be 90 strategic, 10 tactical. Mm-hmm. And so if you use any kind of tactical approach in uh, in business, unless you're selling a commodity, you're going to completely miss their brain set. And they're going to dismiss you as you don't understand
1: me. Yes. And that's exactly it. And getting back to that relational side of things, I think that, you know, the key in business to business and this is one of the things i say it's what i call a baconism or now i call it uh, the bridging the gap between marketing and sales is businesses do not do business with other businesses right people do business with people but the problem is is that the people that come at it from the consumer mindset think it's my business doing business with another business in that consumer (laughs) mindset when reality is it's more of me doing business with you on this podcast right now, I am talking to Marcus A. Smith. We're not trying to sell a book. We're not trying to do anything, you know, to to get anybody to buy anything. We're here to educate, to give people some good information, to maybe entertain them, you know, about the difference between Lyft and Uber. Who knows? <laughs> app, no app. Right, exactly. So, I, you know, when you're trying to give something away for free, I, I what I really think people need to do is what you said about the tactical and strategic. I mean, they need to sit down and look at who are they talking to? Why are they talking to them? What is the projected outcome? And what are they willing to invest in that up front to see if it's a good
0: fit, right? And if it's a strategic purpose, there's going to be scorekeepers. Other people are going to be involved looking over their shoulder. Right. If it's a tactical purchase, there probably is no scorekeeper. Scorekeeper is yourself. So if you screw up, no, nobody's gonna complain. Ah, I made a mistake. Ah they, they screwed me over, right? You know you're gonna blame other people for it. but unfortunately, in a strategic purchase, uh, the the person who initiates gets more very fun. true. so
1: <laughs> so truly, the outcome of this concept that we're talking about today is you know, free is a concept that excites us from a consumer standpoint, but kind of turns us off from a business to business standpoint and maybe turning off the other people. Yes. so. One of the things I'm going to suggest everybody do is do an audit of your, your language, your website, your marketing pieces, your sales language, and, and think about where can you replace the word free with invest? Would you say that's a good idea? I think it's a great idea.
0: And what you can do that very easily to go to your website and open the search bar and type in the word free.
1: And every time it comes up, put invest in, I want to invest in you.
0: Well, think about the context and see how you can adjust that to turn free, which is zero value, into something else that creates value. Really good, Brian.
1: Awesome. Well, as usual, I've learned a lot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So have I. It's a beautiful thing. That's why we do this, my friend. That's right. So if somebody wanted to get a hold of Mr. Mark S.A. Smith out and about, uh, you know, roaming the world like a nomad with a, a, a great beard now, of course, um,
0: <laughs> how did they get a hold of you, sir? Well, two ways. Number one is let's connect on LinkedIn and you can use uh, go, go to marks Marksonlinkedin.com, M-A-R-K-S-O-N linkedin.com. Uh, and that'll take you right to my profile. There's a lot of Mark Smiths out there, and I'm Mark S. A. Smith, so mm-hmm. that'll make things easier for you. And uh, say I heard you on the Bacon podcast. Let's connect, and I'll be delighted to do so. If you have a blood spurting problem, you need to solve something right away, or if you think you're working on an initiative where my perspective might accelerate what you're doing, let's talk. You can reach me at seven one nine four four zero zero four three nine and i'll be glad to uh, invest some time talking with you about what your vision is and what a great conversation my friend i sure appreciate you and the opportunity to share these insights with the listener.
1: well my friend you always come on and drop some sizzling hot bacon knowledge bombs on my peeps i appreciate you and i so look forward to our next conversation i know it will happen soon so thanks again my friend be safe
0: that's right safe safe does not accelerate the uh, state-of-the-art safe means remain in your comfort zone. I appreciate the I appreciate the sentiment, my friend. But I do what I do to be outside of my comfort zone
1: every day. Well, in the words of Robin Williams, Nanu Nanu. <laughs> same to you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for letting us sprinkle some bacon bits into your brains. Want some more? Learn more about this podcast and our guest experts at baconpodcast.com. Have questions? Send them to askbrian at baconpodcast.com. Until next time, keep sizzling. And remember, it's all about the bacon.